going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 31 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady, and this is the podcast where I, a thru-hiker and a peak bagger, chat with other thru-hikers and peak baggers and people who like to get outside and hike. If you fall into any of those categories and you've not done so already, I encourage you to go back and listen to some older episodes and subscribe to the show. That would be super, super sick. And speaking of super, super (laughs) sick, this week's guest is a man named Sean Crawford, also known as Syntax77 on YouTube. And honestly, this is one of my favorite episodes that I've done so far. I talk about this a little more at the beginning of our conversation, but Sean's YouTube channel was a huge inspiration to me, and I learned a ton from him back in like 2012, 2013, when I was first getting into backpacking. So it was just like super, super awesome to have him on as a guest. We talk about a ton of cool stuff in this one, and I like actually mean that we got to a bunch of different subjects. I guess I'll just name a couple here. Let's see, we talk about the White Mountains and the Adirondacks quite a bit, especially the Whites. We talk about Sean's transition away, slightly away from ultralight gear over the last couple years. And of course, we get to the history and some of the behind the scenes things about his YouTube channel. I mean, Syntax77 is one of the more popular backpacking YouTube channels out there. So yeah, it was just so, so much fun. Sean, when you hear this, I really appreciate you taking the time. It was awesome and I hope we can do it again in the future. Thank you very much. We're gonna get into our conversation in just a second here, but first I gotta say just a couple things. I'll keep it quick this week, I promise. I just wanna say that if you have any feedback for me, whether it's good, bad, if you have any guest suggestions, trail suggestions uh, that you wanna give me, I would really love to hear from you. Instagram, at TrailTalesPod, and I also have a Facebook as well. If you just search Trail Tales, it'll come up hopefully, and you can go like that. I have an email address, folks. Those of you that listen to the show every week probably know this already, but in case you somehow missed it over 31 episodes, I have an email address, trailtalespod at gmail.com. Send anything you want to that. Well, maybe not anything, but I think you know what I mean there. Feedback, feedback, people. I don't just say this at the beginning of every episode for no reason. I really, really do enjoy the feedback. A podcast isn't like a YouTube video or a blog post or anything like that. There's no comment section. I can't just get like the immediate response like that. There's certainly no like or dislike button. So that's why I I stress this every single introduction every single week. So yeah, please, 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 please send me an email or DM or anything like that. I would really, really appreciate it. The last thing I want to say is that if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Please share it with a loved one. Please share it with another hiking nerd like you and I. I would really, really appreciate that. All right, let's do it, people. Let's get into the conversation. Syntax77, Sean Crawford is on the show. I had so much fun with this one. And yeah, let's uh, jump right into it. All right, episode... 31 of Trail Tales. How's it going, everybody? Today, I'm joined by Mr. Sean Crawford, known as Syntax77 on YouTube. Sean, how's it going today? Thank you so, so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be on. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, I I just want to take a second here to say that 
Sean's YouTube channel was a pretty big source of information and inspiration for me when I was younger, kind of learning about hiking and backpacking. Um, those of you that have listened to the, the show, listened to all the episodes might recall like back in like December, I did an episode with a guy um, named Jonathan or Tuts who does a YouTube channel called Trekking On. And I kind of said some things about how he like inspired me when I was younger. And um, I, I kind of got to say the same thing for Sean's YouTube channel. Um, when I was when I was 16 years old, I was like YouTubing, like Googling stuff and, and trying to learn about backpacking and the long trail more specifically, um, you know, real close to where I live in the Burlington, Vermont area. And Syntax 77 videos kind of popped up and and I got into that and Sean, yeah, dude, I just, I learned a bunch about gear and just, and all that stuff from you. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Like I'm always stoked for these episodes, but especially for this one, you know, I, I just think it's, it's, it's super cool. With that said, we have a bunch of different topics and questions. Hopefully we'll get to it all. If we don't, then that's fine too, because that means, uh, we'll be doing a lot of talking. Obviously this is a freaking podcast, but yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of want to start Sean, um, at the beginning, or even even maybe before the beginning. So my first question for you is, had you ever done any sort of like filmmaking, you know, not even related to hiking, I'm assuming, before you started Syntax 77? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yes and no. I started, a, I opened a YouTube account in 2007, which I think is right when Google took them over. It was like the beginning. Okay. Um, but it was purely just the watch videos. I uh, just made an account. Um, and then I, I would say it was like four years. Maybe I put a couple videos up of like my friends and I doing fireworks or something stupid. <laughs> and it was probably like four years later before I ever really started uploading. And actually to backtrack a little bit, did you say that you had tuts on your podcast channel? Yes, I did. That that was, oh boy, that was like episode nine. So back in like early December, yeah. Okay, so I have to go back and listen to that because – Ironically, there's a few influences for me, and if it's the same guy, I think it was Tuts999. Yep, yep, that's him. Yeah. Yep. So I, I watched him and Nothing Nut and Fancy, which <laughs> is more of a survival gun channel, but um, that's kind of – he kind of inspired me to do the whole thing. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of crazy, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was just playing around and – my friend and I, we made just videos. We would go to the range and shoot guns and stuff and just make little clips of us shooting. It was, it was no anticipation of having a channel or anything. It was back then. It was just like a, like a lottery or a video game. Was, <laughs> right. you know, somebody might watch this. Um, so I did that for a, a couple years. And then it was 2011 that I actually made a backpacking video. Okay, interesting. So, you, so you didn't really have any sort of like a. I mean, obviously you had uploaded a couple of videos, but no experience like actually making like a an hour long film or or doing all the editing and and all that stuff. Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, uh, I guess prior to that, uh, for years I was into like music and music production, uh, not professionally, but just as a hobby. Okay. Um. So editing platforms and whatnot, I was used to, and then in 2011 when I did do a video um i just downloaded like a trial version of premiere pro it was like a 30-day trial and just okay. kind of started learning on the bat 
Interesting. Interesting. And how long into uploading, say, these like hiking videos more specifically, did you realize that there might actually kind of be something here? You know, because I mean, like you said, 2011 was was when you put out that uh, White Mountains video, right? That was like the first like backpacking one. Yeah, that yeah, that's pretty much what or the first one that got traction. Um, no, it was weird. So um, <clears throat> basically, my friend, it was Back in 2011, uh, my wife and I and a friend of ours, Mike, who's been in plenty of videos since. But at the time, we said we're going to do a uh, 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 vacation together with the two couples. And uh, I don't know. We'll figure out something to do. <laughs> so I forget if it was business or whatnot. but I Or maybe I went to the cabin with my dad. I don't know what it was. But I went away and I came back. And I was like, so what's up with this vacation? What are we going to do? And uh, Sarah, my wife, was like, oh, well, you know, we're going backpacking. And I was like, backpacking? <laughs> like, like, to be honest, like, my dad is a hunter. He's hunted his whole life for at least as long as I can remember. So I'm not, like, super adverse to the outdoors, but I'd never gone backpacking. I had no idea anything about it. So I was... Uh, I was a little put off, so I was like, okay, fine. So we'll go to the White Mountains and we'll do this backpacking trip. Um, ended up going up there and doing it. And for whatever reason, I think it was July that he was like, we're going to go to like car camping or something like okay. that. We'll just practice. And for whatever reason, since I was already playing around with YouTube, um, I said, I'll just film it. So I filmed that and it's terrible video, but it's like us pretending the backpack at a <laughs> campground. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, and then when we went to New Hampshire, I had a little flip camera, 720p, super old school. And I just filmed the whole thing. And I probably edited it when I got home in like one night or two. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, and which I wish I could edit that fast now, but uh, <laughs> I just threw it up and it was probably like a month later. I didn't even log into YouTube every day. I just, I came back and checked in and I was like, Oh, people are actually watching this. This is super weird. Um, <laughs> so then that kind of inspired me to uh, keep doing it, I guess. To keep doing it. And yeah, you've been doing it for a while. I feel like, I mean, I get, I, I don't know. I, I feel like keeping a consistent YouTube channel, you know, for that long, especially with like, like your style of videos too. I mean, it's not like you're just, you know, filming a couple selfie shots and then, you right. know, slapping them together and, and uploading it, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with people that do that, but you know, you're, you're making like hour long, you know, hour plus long sometimes films of, of these hikes. And like, that's, I mean, just, just from editing like a, a podcast, which is obviously a lot less work than that. I could tell you that like, like I, I, I just can't even imagine like how much goes into it. So, um, I guess, yeah, like, why have you continued, like, doing it for so long, I guess? I mean, obviously, you enjoy it, but like I said, it's it's a lot of work. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, yeah, it is a ton of work. Um, I just really enjoy editing. I love making short films. Um, I would say I love being outdoors and backpacking, um, but as much as I love that, I love um, filmmaking and editing. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm a little obsessed with it. So it just makes me happy to do it. And the fact that other people watch it is um it's a little crazy, but uh <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you you've definitely carved out like a good spot for yourself in the whole uh little niche of backpacking and and hiking and all that stuff. Um 
what one other question that I kind of wanted to ask you about this, like the whole filmmaking thing, is in in, in the history as well. Um, mm-hmm. What did kind of your friends and family think of it, like when you were first starting out? Like when did they kind of catch on as well and realize that like this is more than just like Sean making these like goofy videos for um you know for a couple people to watch and and that kind of thing. You know, that's what's kind of funny. It's like I never set out to make a successful YouTube channel, which I'm sure that like I would say if if I fast forwarded to today and made an account, I'm sure like anybody else, it would be like, all right, how do I get a thousand subscribers or whatever? Mm -hmm. But back then I was just having fun. And my main goal was just I want to make movies um, to share with my friends. And it was super easy to put it on the Internet because they could just log in and see it too. Um, I don't think that like, for instance, that first video in the White Mountains, like they didn't think twice about it. It was just like, okay, you're going to film this. And then you put it on this YouTube thing. And uh, I don't know, I can watch it. And like, I don't think there's any connection that other people would even watch it. Um, As far as like my family, that was my friends. As far as my family goes, like my dad actually has been making videos himself the entire time I have. So he's he's not exactly surprised by it. Um, We're kind (laughs) of on the same page. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And I know Mike's got like a little bit of a channel going as well, huh? I've 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 stumbled across that a couple times. Yeah, he goes back and forth. So he has like the Trail Killer Cam um Trail Killer channel um for backpacking and then he tried doing an offshoot for a little bit and and now he tells me he's done with that. Um <laughs> so I, I don't know. But he's he's got a, a bunch of kids and a full career, so a lot going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Trail Trail Killer is like the best YouTube name for like a hiking channel too. Like I love that. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, kind of related to this, uh, straying a little bit. But one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, um, I mean, most most of these questions are just like things that I just like thought of that I wanted to ask you, kind of like as a uh, a viewer, as a fan, as someone who's been following your channel for a while. Um, and yeah, so this question is, have you ever gone on a hike or are you planning on going on a hike in the future where you don't bring all the camera gear and you don't commit to making, you know, one of these crazy films? Uh, I would, um, I would love to do that, but I don't think I ever will. Really? Yeah. Which is weird. I mean, like I tell people it's kind of a good and a bad thing, I guess. Um, I often tell people. Every single backpacking trip I've ever done, um, because I started, like I said before, with that car camping trip, getting ready for that backpacking trip. Right. Everything I've ever done has actually been made into a short film. Um, so you can see, <laughs> you can see my whole history of somebody grappling with how to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, throughout, I guess, seven years now, or whatever it's been. Uh, on the flip side, a lot of my viewers would. I, I almost am hesitant to tell them that because they'll probably realize that they backpack a lot more than me, but (laughs) all my trips have been filmed. Um, I think it would be awesome to do one. I, the closest I ever came was I did a trip, uh, in the Shenandoahs in Virginia. We did a canoe camping trip and I made a video of it, um, with some, uh, friends of mine. And like a month later from my birthday, my wife was like, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd love to do that trip with you and we did the whole trip again um and i was like well i already did this so it's not going to be a video yeah. but it was pretty much 
floating in a canoe and then setting up a hammock. That's the closest I've ever come. <laughs> but other than that, uh, now I filmed every trip and I would, I would love to know what it's like to just be unburdened by that. But at the same time, when I'm this deep in, um, I, yeah, I don't think I could bring myself to not make a video of it. Right. Right. I, I just think that's so incredible. Cause it's like, that is just a part of backpacking for you, right? Like that's, that's just a part of the experience. You know, the camera gear is part of your, like a total pack weight, like you're used to it. It's always going to be there. And I, I can't even like think of an example, like kind of relate this back to me. I don't know. It'd be like hiking with a, a st- everyone, not everyone, a lot of people hike with a stove, but I don't know. Like I've always brought a stove on a hiking trip. Um, obviously camera gear is a lot more, a lot heavier, but you know, I, I just, I just think that's incredible. And honestly, I um I don't know I don't know what to think about that because it's like you you sound like you you want to know what it would be like and you're you're curious about it but at the same time you're like yeah no I I don't think I could do it and I can I can understand I guess because you have made so much uh, content at this point and obviously you know you enjoy it you know going back to what we just talked about a few minutes ago having done it for seven years so. I don't yeah. know. You really can't see yourself ever, like even just one night or something like that, even like a day hike. Like I don't know, shit. I would love to. I would think it would. Ha- I'm sure there could. There's going to come a time where it's like, um, if it was a trail I've already done and some friends wanted to go, like I'm waiting for that opportunity. But there's a weird obsession in me that, like, if I'm going to go to a new place, I just I want to share it. I want to make a film out of it. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the experience for you, so. That definitely makes sense, and there's literally thousands of people that enjoy it as well. So you got that, you got that going for you. Um, so another question, like a fan question, like I gotta ask. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the times in your videos, you'll say something like right at the beginning, you're, you'll be like, okay, you know, right now it's like Friday or, or even like saturday or morning or something like that and i just drove like seven hours to get to a trailhead and i'm i'm doing like a two night or sometimes just like an overnight trip and then like you in in that's a, that's a big part of it too like you, you'll say like i literally slept in the car last night right. i got like a couple hours of sleep so i gotta ask like i'm 23 like i'm i'm you know i'm younger than you are like in theory, yeah. I should have like a lot of energy and stuff, but like there's absolutely no way in hell I could ever do that. I could not, you know, drive late into the night, crash for a couple hours and drink a monster and go hike like, you know, 15 miles or whatever it is. So how the hell do you find the energy to do that? Like consistently, like that just blows my mind, honestly. I don't know. You say you're <laughs> younger, which is true, but you know, you work a test job long enough and you'll look for an excuse to get away from it. So I mean, like those early, early videos. Yeah, I would literally clock out of work i was lucky enough to have a job that i could leave at like 4 4 30 yeah um i would have all my backpacking gear in the car um i would go i would change in the bathroom into my hiking gear for the next day <laughs> try to slip out without being seen because that would freak people out because they don't know what to look <laughs> out like without business casual on. Right. um get in the car yeah drive nine hours so by like 1 or 2 a.m. at the latest, I would be in New Hampshire. Um, I don't know. I was just excited, I guess. <laughs> you know? Like, I get hooked up. But a lot of people do chime in sometimes on the videos. Um, like, recently, I, I went up to Vermont. It's actually near you, I believe, the Stark's Nest trip I did. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit south of me. Yeah. It was only for one night. And I was like, my wife was out of town on business or something. So me and the dog, I'm like, I'm just, I'm not going to sit here and watch television. So I just <laughs> went up there. 
Um, it wasn't from work, but I just went up. But yeah, people are like, oh God, you know, I'm concerned what's going on in your life. Is, you know, I've been through a divorce too. Like <laughs> people get a little freaked out. It, it, it's not like I'm having a mental break, but it's, um, I don't know. I just love, for me, it's like the hiking is half of it. And the, I like to drive. To and drive. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Do. So that's, uh, I understand most people being like, that's ridiculous. But I mean. I don't know. I can put a podcast like this on in the car and you listen to two or three of those and you're there. And you're there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just, I'm jealous, honestly. Like I wish maybe, maybe it's just cause like I, I'm the kind of person that just like needs a lot of sleep. Like I got like six and a half hours last night and I was literally like taking a nap on my keyboard right before we started this conversation. So I, I'm, I'm just jealous. Like I, I wish I could like make that work cause I feel like that would open up like a lot more opportunities, but thankfully I live in an area where I really don't have to drive more than like two and a half hours, like max to get to like the whites or really any part of the Adirondacks. So um, no, yeah. I mean, I was going to say like, if I was in your boat, if I was living in Vermont, um, I probably wouldn't bother doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so you live in the Philadelphia area, correct? Yeah. I'm just south of it by like 20 minutes okay. um, over the line in Delaware. So I've often said it on the channel. It's like I'm in an area where there's no hiking yeah, around. I was going to say there's nothing there. Yeah. There's none within, I'd say, three hours is the radius. The only good thing is if you're willing to be crazy like me and drive eight to nine hours um you can go north or south and you have a huge variety yeah yeah of stuff so i can go to the smokies in the same amount of time i can go to the whites yeah which is that's exactly where i was going with that question there it's like if you are willing to do that drive yeah i mean you can pretty much go anywhere maybe maybe florida would be a little bit too far at that point but like pretty much anywhere on the east coast you know, is within like the same amount of time. I don't know. You're, you're, you're a little bit closer to like the, uh, I mean, not that the AT in like Pennsylvania and New Jersey is like super great, but you're, you're a little bit closer to like that area, I guess. So, you know, yeah, I can hit the, the Pennsylvania AT, like Port Clinton kind of area in yep. like three hours. Um, oh, oh, it's still that far. Okay. See, I, I, I don't really, I've never like been to that Philadelphia, you know, Delaware area before. So, I don't know. I, I thought it was a little bit closer. So I guess if you're going to drive like in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you're going to drive like three hours to just like hike the AT in Pennsylvania, you might as well just like go all the way to the fucking whites or something. I don't That's know. That's what always happens. And I've done <laughs> plenty of videos like that, but it's like every, every trip video starts with me telling my wife, like, I'm going to play in something. And she was like, all right, we'll try to pick something close. And it's like, all right, three, three and a half hours, Pennsylvania AT. And then I'm just like, well, I'm going through all this. Let's just drive New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, you might as well. So, okay, man, I got, I've got like so much in front of me here. Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm just, I'm just jumping around here. Um, Let's talk about like solo versus group backpacking. So this was a question that was actually submitted to me on Instagram. So whoever Mm -hmm. you are, I'm sorry. I don't remember who it was. Thank you for this one, because this is definitely a good question. So in a lot of your videos, you're hiking by yourself, um, and in a lot of your videos, you're also hiking with other people, you know, uh, often like Sarah or Mike, and then, you know, there's there's other people every now and then. So you've got quite a bit of experience doing, you know, the solo thing and the uh, the partner thing. So I don't know. Let's just kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I don't want to make you choose, like, which one you like better, I, I, I guess, but what would be, like, some of the, <laughs> I guess it would depend on who you're hiking with, too. Um, what yeah. would you say, like, some of the, the pros and cons for each of those are? 
That's a that's a good question. I mean, I like both, but I probably like both equally. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who's done it themselves, I mean, it's it's very different. Uh, solo hiking is, um, at least for me, like very kind of meditative. Uh, you're kind of, you're obviously you're by yourself. You got long swaths of time, just in quiet woods, hopefully. Um, so I really enjoy that a lot. But at the same time, it's awesome to hang out with your friends. Yeah. Oh yeah. In similar conditions. Um. So I like both. I'm I'm kind of torn. I I don't know. Like if someone told me I have to choose for the rest of my life, like <laughs> solo with a group, it would actually be a tough choice, and that's kind of rude. Um, for me to say to everybody I know, but um, I really like solo hiking. I guess uh, w- when you plan your trips, do you plan them like specifically? Okay, okay, I'm gonna do this one solo, or mm-hmm. do you like like try to invite someone, and, and then if that falls through, will you just be like, all right, well, I'm I'm still gonna go because I don't mind the solo thing as well. Kind of that. So what I usually do is any downtime I have, I'll be on my computer. We're watching TV, my wife and I, or whatever. I'm almost always on a laptop. So I have a bookmark folder with just tons of locations. I'm just always looking on Reddit or wherever, hiking forums, and I'm just bookmarking stuff. And when an opportunity pops up, like, oh, okay, this weekend, I'm going to go hiking. So I'll go, you know, depending on the weather, which is a whole nother thing, I have a whole folder of weather reports for the whole country. (laughs) So, you know, I'll, I'll pull up. 13 weather reports, see where to go. Um, and then it'll be like, all right, I want to go to this place. I'll throw it out there every time for sure. Okay. But much like my very first solo hike, which was my second backpacking trip, like I wanted people to go, but like schedule wise, you know, they just couldn't make it. So yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. if you can't make it, then I'm going by myself. And I enjoy that too. But I always try to throw it out there because uh, odds are, most of the time people don't end up being able to go. Right. Right. Um, how does, how does either doing it solo or doing it with someone else or a couple people change the dynamic of the film or maybe how you shoot the film, how you yeah. uh, frame it, what, you know, all that, all that stuff. I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah. So the group hikes are a lot of fun for me cause I have somebody to talk to. I have people to play off of. I have other subjects to film besides my own ugly mug. <laughs> um, but I have found actually the the solo videos are actually the more successful ones. Really? Um, yes. And the most comments I get from people that want one or the other, and I get them all. There's people who say I want more Sarah videos or I want more <laughs> group videos with Mike and Danielle. Um, but usually for the most part, they want the solo videos. And I think it just comes down to a chemistry issue with the video. Um, really? Yeah, because what a lot of people have told me on the comments is, at least it resonates with me, is, oh, this was awesome. I've never even hiked before, but I felt like we hiked together. (laughs) Okay, okay. You got confused at a trail intersection, and we figured it out together, this, that, and the other. So with a group video, I end up filming the other people, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
with a solo video, it's just me and the camera, and the camera is the viewer. So I feel like there's more of a immersive connection with the solo videos. Yeah, okay. And they seem to do better. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't even, I did not even think about that, but that that definitely makes a little more sense now that you've said it. Um, just just a second ago, you said, you know, especially people that haven't hiked before. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so this just popped into my head, kind of off the cuff here, but like, is a percentage of your audience like non-hikers like because honestly um yeah I, I i know just i mean i don't know like a ton of data about my audience here but i i'm pretty sure that most of them are like through hikers and, and experienced hikers like myself so i don't yeah. do you have a lot of li- or a, a lot of listeners a lot of viewers that are um you know maybe not as into it as you and i are yeah well you know i get a lot of people that um there are a certain percentage that um don't, don't hike at all um, but they enjoy watching it. Okay. Uh, I think, a, I think a large bulk is beginner hikers. Um, because I explain a lot of stuff in detail, which probably to somebody who's already hiked or starts hiking, it gets a little old. Um, so there's a lot of big beginner hikers, but I actually get a lot of comments from people who can't hike anymore. Oh, Okay. And will tell me that, you know, I had an injury or this, that, and the other, or, hey, I'm 70 years old. I yeah. used to hike, um, and I'm kind of vicariously hiking through you. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a pretty wide mix of people. A lot of them do not actually actively hike. Interesting, interesting. Okay, I, I really wish I could find out some, some more information like that on my audience, which obviously isn't um, even close to the same size as yours, but, you know, the, still – Still enough that like I'm I'm curious about it. I don't know. Let me know, people, if you're listening to this. Um, because like I said, I I feel like most people listening are like pretty experienced hikers. But you know, I'd like to know. So yeah, let me know, people. You know where to contact me. You heard all that stuff at the beginning. Um, let's talk a little bit about. Oh man, see, I I can't even decide here. Um, let's talk about the whites and okay. the Adirondacks. Let's let's do let's do this part. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. So. Yeah. Um, some of my listeners will know that I've, I, I feel like there's this weird disconnect between the Adirondacks and the White Mountains. I've literally said that line on a handful of episodes before, and it's, it's kind of, I, I, I feel like it's kind of true. And whenever I get someone on that's hiked in both places pretty extensively, I, I kind of like to, to bring this up and, and talk about it. So with that said, I don't know, does that, does that make sense? First of all, like I, I say a disconnect between the two places. Do you kind of know what I mean by that? Or would you disagree? I don't know. No, I 100% know what you're saying, because if you look at a map, I don't even know, but they're very close. They are. I mean, I can I can literally, if you go up to uh, anywhere in like the northern Green Mountains, like real, pretty much right where I live here, you can, mm-hmm. like on Mount Mansfield, for instance, Hyatt's Peak in, in Vermont, you can literally yeah. on a clear day see Mount Marcy over in the Adirondacks, and you can also see Mount Washington, you know, within the same, you know, eye shot, I guess, so... Yeah, so if you talk to people on that peak with you and said, do you go to the Whites or the Adirondacks, what would they say? You know, I feel like I, I feel like they would say the Whites. Actually, I don't know. Bur- Burlington is a weird place, though, because the Adirondacks are physically closer. Um, if, if you were, say, on, like, more southern Vermont, like, maybe, like, down near, like, the Stratton area, you know, central Vermont, maybe, um, I feel like it would be the Whites because New England is a little bit uh, more connected, but... But I don't know. Yeah, see, I I don't know, honestly. Vermont's kind of a weird spot. Um, I feel like if you went somewhere maybe a little bit 
more south of that, like certainly like Massachusetts, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Western Mass, say like over the AT is, I feel like down there it would definitely be the whites, even though the Adirondacks are probably about the same distance, maybe even closer uh, to Western Mass, but I don't know. <laughs> I I would say they're underrated or underappreciated. And I've done three videos there and I've probably done 12 videos in the whites. Yeah. But that's not because the whites are better. I, I love the whites. I, I don't know what it is, but I'd never, I never, <laughs> I never think of them as much. Um, when I go online and Google, you know, hikes to do, they just don't come up as yeah. much yep. um, for whatever reason. But the terrain is super similar. It'll kick your ass just as much. Oh yeah. In my opinion. Um, the winter hiking there is awesome. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, yeah, I, I found in the last like year or two, I've tried to reappreciate them or properly appreciate yeah. the Adirondacks. And I went back with my wife. We did a, a couple day trip and um, I did a couple of solo trips myself. But yeah, I love them, but I, I don't know why. But I just my go to is never I, I just don't think of it first, but I'm trying to get better at it. It's weird. Yeah. And to be fair, like they're. You know, the Adirondacks are very similar to the Whites, or the High Peaks region is, I guess, but, like, the Adirondacks in general are, like, kind of different because the Whites are just, like, this kind of cluster of peaks, and that's pretty much it, but the Adirondacks are, like, a cluster of peaks and then also just, like, a shit ton of flatter land with a bunch of lakes and ponds and people, like, live there and, and all this stuff, so, I don't know, they are different in that regard. I guess the whole, um like, DEC thing is a little bit different, too, because... For those of you that don't know, uh, the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation does most of the trails and and kind mm -hmm. of oversees all that stuff. And, and I don't know. I, I feel like it's just like the culture is a little bit different. So I, I think that might have something to do with it. Um, and I, I feel like the Adirondacks are also a little bit more like of a hidden gem just for New Yorkers because like New Yorkers definitely know about the Adirondacks and that's where they're going to go if they want to do any sort of, um, you know, hiking like this. But yeah, for the rest of the, the East Coast, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like they are pretty underappreciated. It's 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 weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that um there's the section of above tree line on the presidentials, you know, that like it's almost like you're on the surface of the moon. Yep, yep. Um I don't know if it's the the photo quality, the Instagram quality of that. You know what I mean? I didn't even think about that, but I feel like that I, the the presidentials are definitely like a more famous place than and then any spot in the other. It's only a couple miles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's there's yeah, there's a lot of potential out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, you guys, let's see. I I'm trying to think. You and Sarah did the Dix Range in one of your videos, right? Yeah, we did. Yep. So that I'm actually heading there tomorrow evening after work. So oh, awesome. I, I've done this. So there's five peaks there in the Adirondacks, uh, in the Dix range of the Adirondacks. That is, um, mm -hmm. there's Dix Huff. Uh, they changed the name of a couple of these. When I did three of them, it was like Grace and like East Grace and then Macomb. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I think I got those, but anyways, there's five peaks and I had done three of them like four or five years ago. It was like my freshman year of college. And then we were going to try to do all five and, and weather happened. So we, we ended up bailing a little bit early. But anyways, I'm going back to do uh, Dix and Huff, like the main two, I guess, uh, this weekend. So I don't know. Do you have any sort of advice or, or stories from that trip? Anything uh, 
noteworthy that happened? Yeah, I mean, speaking of comparisons to the whites, there was some gnarly stuff in that area. Um, we actually took our dog and we had to... Oh, jeez. Oh yeah, we had to airlift them up a couple like um, <laughs> really steep sections. Damn! Like, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. But the views are amazing. Um, we were we didn't park at the Adirondack Lodge L O J, um, but we were like kind of near it on the other side. I think so. Something was like it that. Elk Elk Lake? My map is like just out of reach. I wish I, wish I could go grab that it sounds familiar heart lake maybe heart lake is that what it is i've been like i said i was over there one time but i can't quite remember what it is yeah i should know because i made a whole blog post on it no it was just like a dirt service road that we per- uh, parked on and we went in but it was it was beautiful but the the trails were pretty they were pretty severe yeah yeah that's kind of what it looks like on the map and that's what i've heard elk elk lake is what i was thinking of there uh, Elk Lake Road, I think. So I would imagine if it's wet, it's probably a whole nother ball game. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah i I've had a lot of <laughs> I've had a lot of hikes in the Adirondacks that are pretty pretty nasty like that. I mean, I'm sure you know it's such a like wet place, so <laughs> that changes everything. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm stoked for that. I I really haven't done any hiking yet, or I, I did one hike, but so you doing like a loop? No, so we're gonna. I, honestly, I'm not sure exactly what my plans are yet because my, my buddy I'm going with is still uh, figuring out his work schedule. He's driving up from uh, Virginia, so that's okay. that's kind of going to change things potentially. But I think I think we're just going to car camp um, okay. tomorrow night and then just do it as a day hike, just a long day hike, and then just right. car camp again. And I, I might – if he can't make it up uh, on Saturday, which was the original plan, then I might – we might do it Sunday and I might go tag another peak, a tabletop. Uh, on Saturday while I'm waiting for him. I'm not really sure, honestly. I'll find out tomorrow morning, but <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Hoping for good weather. Um, okay, let's see. Let's talk about let's talk about winter hiking. So again, yeah. people that have listened to the show probably I, I, it was a couple ep- episodes ago. I said that I don't really do the winter hiking thing. Honestly, like I really don't like in Vermont here. Skiing is super popular, and I just I right. like to ski. Like I feel like I'm pretty decent at it, and like it's just. I don't know. Like that's just like a whole nother thing I like to do. So usually if I'm going to be in the mountains during the winter, it's, you know, while I'm skiing. That being said, I've done like a couple hikes. Like I've done, uh, I've done like Mansfield and Camel's Hump, a couple 4,000 footers around here in the winter. I did Phelps Mountain in the Adirondacks during the winter. And I've done a couple other like various day hikes. Um, certainly no overnighting though. So I kind of, I don't know. I kind of want to hear about this. So like I, I've lived in Vermont my whole life. Like I'm pretty used to the cold, but I don't yeah. know. It's just something about like camping outside when it's like, like <laughs> really fucking cold. It's like I don't know. That just doesn't sound appealing to me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, just just talk about that. <laughs> you got to get out there. You got to do it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. <laughs> no, it is. Um, uh, how do I describe this? Uh, I've often heard people say, I don't know where it started, but there's type one fun and type two fun. Yep. Right. So type one is like you and I are having a conversation right now and I would tell you this is fun. Right. But type two fun would be in this example, winter camping. (laughs) Me and you are going to tell you this is terrible and we hate life and you hate me for bringing me out there and vice versa. (laughs) But five years from now, we'll actually remember it and we'll have a ton of fun remembering it. 
Um, that's pretty much winter camping. I do it to punish myself and there's probably something wrong with me, but I, <laughs> I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, you, you should do it. You should do it once. Yeah, maybe I will. I don't know. I, I got to do a couple like actual like winter day hikes first, but it's yeah. like, I don't I, see. I didn't like actually write down any questions for this, for this subject. Cause like, I don't even know where to like start with it honestly so like i mean obviously you're, you're carrying more gear first of all so like yes. more weight obviously makes it shitty obviously the cold like makes it like shitty like like i don't i don't even know <laughs> you'd be surprised that the cold will not bother you as much because while you're hiking you're actually hot i mean i've been in new hampshire when it's i mean the lowest i did in new hampshire was negative 25 but that was at night so during the day it was probably Let's just call it sub zero. Mm -hmm. But even then, I mean, you're hauling 30 plus pounds of gear on your back. You're not going to be cold. And, and not, not if you're moving, at least. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's really less of an issue than you think, uh, the cold issue. When you first get out of the car, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to turn around. Um, but once you get going and you're hiking, you warm up, you're fine. You'd be surprised. Uh, you, you might strip down to a T-shirt with just a hard shell on. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you get in the woods, I mean, at, at that point, if you're doing it right, or I should say doing it the only way I know how, I mean, you've been hiking at least a few miles. So you're warmed up, you're in the zone, and you're in survival mode. Um, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah. it's not a vacation. But it is fun. And then when you're there, it's just like, all right, so what's the goal? We're going to put the tent up, the hammock up, whatever it is. Or we're going to try to make a fire. Like you're just goal oriented. I, I've been on trips where I've been like, holy shit, this is cold. But, <laughs> but I've actually been more disgruntled on summer trips where you wake up in the whites and it's like 40 degrees and you're like, why? Okay. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess too, you're, you're, well, in, in theory, anyways, you're not going to be as like wet. So even though the temperature yes. is colder, you know, being soaking wet from the rain when it's like in the forties or even low fifties is like pretty damn miserable. I feel like that's a, like the, oh, it's going to be the area where like hypothermia is like sets in the easily, e the easiest. So yeah, I don't know. You're I, less prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're, and you're just like soaking wet too. Um, I but, guess. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I love the winter camping, um, but I go back and forth. Like right now it's spring. So like I've actually been trying to picture like, all right. So like in six months, it's winter camping time. I'm like, I can't even picture myself doing that. It sounds terrible. <laughs> but, you know, when I get there, it'll be like enough of this, enough of the bugs, enough of a million people on the trail. Yeah. That's the other thing to point out, too, is um, – if you want to truly be immersed in nature, go out, <laughs> go out in February because yeah. you will own that mountain. Yeah, for real. There's definitely not as many people out there. No. Um, I guess one thing I've kind of uh, realized from watching your winter videos in particular, it seems like there's more of an emphasis on like the whole like camping aspect because yeah. like, you I mean, you, you just kind of talked about it a second ago, you know, you have to, like commit a lot more time and energy to you know having a, a 
a, a good camp so like you know you're like safe and you're not gonna you know freeze to death and all on all all that yep. stuff i guess so because obviously in the summertime you know it depends on your your style but like a lot of people will literally just hike all day and then at the end of the day they'll just find some place and throw their stuff up and you know right. just fall asleep pretty much but in, in winter it seems like you have to okay um let's see i'm just trying to think what i've seen in the videos so you have to like melt snow for water there's one thing yeah. you have to like pad out the snow for your tent and all that stuff uh, uh -huh. get everything set up just like you would in the summertime obviously that's a thing you have to do then too um i don't know like can you just talk a little bit about like the the difference in in like actually camping during the winter versus the summer yeah so like you were saying like in the summer or shoulder seasons it's like hey push it to the limit like put your headlamp on and we'll night hike for three miles like whatever mm -hmm. uh when you find an area you find an area you set up but in the winter, um, I try to plan – I usually plan all my trips pretty heavily just because that's my personality type. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's not necessarily necessary. Um, but in the winter, I really try to nail it down. I will scale the miles back, um, particularly because if I'm going to go winter hamping uh, – ha I almost said hammock camping or even tent <laughs> camping um, – Sometimes I go down south, but for the most part, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all in. So I, I'll go up to Adirondacks or uh, White Mountains, which, as you know, is some of the worst weather oh, yeah. <laughs> in the world, no matter what season it is. That's what the signs say. Yeah, and, and they're not playing around. Um, so in the winter, I'm like, hey, let's push it to the limit. I'll go up to the, um, you know, the White Mountains and whatnot. But not to be dramatic, but... Yeah, it could be life or death if, oh, yeah, you, for sure. if you're stupid about it. So usually, like, I'll scale it back. Like, five miles is plenty, especially in the whites, where in my personal opinion, like, one mile equals two. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, especially if you're, you know, you have all that extra gear on your back and you're, like, you know, post-hauling or all that extra weight on your feet, too. It's like, yeah, that's, that's tough shit for sure. Yeah, because I might do – in the winter, it, it – it's probably easily a 30 pound pack, even with my weight consciousness, yeah. um, 30 plus pounds. And then, like you said, you have the snowshoes on, um, that's a pound and a half on each foot that you don't usually have, yeah. um, which drains your energy way more than you would think. Um, so yeah, I try to keep the miles down and a lot of times in the winter, I won't go for loop hikes. I'll do out and backs. Okay. Um, just because there's more contingency for turning around and yeah, back. yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, that's that's so true. I, I didn't even uh, think of that. Yeah, yeah, because I've tried to do loop hikes. Like Mike and I, one of our early winter hikes was up in the White Mountains somewhere. I forget the exact area. Uh, oh my god! Actually, I think we were trying to do like part of the Pemi Loop in the winter. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it, that's like, intense. The, the trailblazes that are normally at eye level were like two feet underneath of us, I guess, because <laughs> we never saw them. Um, so we had no idea where the trail was. Back then, we had a different GPS uh, unit of his that was not that accurate. Um, it basically turned into we don't even know where we are. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So uh, we just we just said, screw it. And we started backtracking. And we ended up camping in one spot for two nights. Um, so from then on out, I've been like, yeah, you know, I don't have to complete a loop in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely makes sense. Like I said, I, I never even thought about that because I don't really think about winter hiking too much. So 
I think that I guess that's a good little uh, piece of advice for especially for someone who wants to like try it for like the first couple times and kind of you know learn the ropes. I guess like don't plan and go and do the pemi loop. <laughs> like, no, I would say do what we do, which is what we usually do. Is we'll go to the whites even if it's ten, fifteen below zero, but like just. If you want a great winter camping, even backpacking experience, you don't have to go that far in. Like I said, nobody else is around. Yep. If you go in 1.5 miles to 2 miles at the max, you're in your own world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but if things go bad, you can backtrack out. And, you know, having the snow and everything to play with, you can make a couch out of the snow. It sounds <laughs> cheesy, but, like, it's, it's, it's a totally different ballgame. It's very fun. Yeah, for real, for real. See, that's... See, that's the kind of stuff I really honestly haven't talked about too much on this show because most of my guests have been people that are kind of like me, people that do like the through hikes and in the, in the hiking goals. And I I guess this is, this is actually something I wanted to bring up too. So I'm going to transition a little bit here. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I pretty much just said it there. Like most of my guests have been people that have done the AT or the PCT. I, I had one dude on that did the calendar year triple crown, you know, um, peak baggers, all this stuff. So people that will like set a hiking goal and then, you know, most of their time on the trail is spent like going towards that goal. And, and that's really the way I hike and a lot of people do. But I definitely noticed with you, you know, that's that's maybe 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 i just don't like know about it but it seems like you just go places to go places and and go and and have a good trip i guess so my question is have you ever thought about like maybe like trying to actually um this sounds kind of bad but like actually like do one of those hiking goals i guess so maybe maybe not a through hike because i know you've got a lot going on um besides just the hiking stuff but like I don't know, like the New Hampshire 48 or the Adirondack 46, like some sort of hiking goal like that. Have you ever thought about that? I would love to. I mean, a lot of people are very surprised that I haven't done a through hike by now. But yeah, it's just time away from home is tough. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like I would love to do the Appalachian Trail, um, but I also would love to do it with my wife. And for the two of us to do it, you know, I don't know when that's going to happen. Maybe we're, we're retired or win the lottery or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the core of my channel has pretty much been, uh, for better or worse, it's always been about, like, weekend warrior kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, it's what can you squeeze into, like, some unexpected time off, um, which works. But at the same time, yeah, I would love to do a longer, a longer-term hike. But, yeah, just timing and planning wise it's tough and as far as the grid stuff or like the checklist stuff yeah if if i didn't live yeah i I, guess that's true yeah it's yeah like i would be boy would i put some miles on the jeep doing that Then again i mean you you do make it out enough that i feel like you could you could make it work at at the expense of you know exploring other places you kind of have to commit like just to like the whites of the adirondacks for x amount of you know trips so I don't know. It, it could happen, but I, I also understand wanting to kind of go and explore a little bit more. I mean, I've I I started this whole Northeast 115 thing back in like 2014, and mm-hmm. I'm almost there. I've got like I've got like a hundred of the 115, and I feel like once I'm done this, like I I, I want to do more through hikes for sure. But I also there's there's a lot of areas, a lot of areas that you've been to, honestly, um, that I kind of want to just go and do like a more casual trip, I guess, and and just kind of explore and you know maybe not hike quite as aggressively you know maybe not chase this goal quite as much and and just kind of take it in so i don't know both 
styles have their their pros and cons for sure. Yeah. So the, the 114, where is that? What all area is that? So yeah, that's um every 4,000 foot peak in the Adirondacks, or excuse me, every 4,000 foot peak in New England and New York. So the Adirondack okay. 46, the New Hampshire 48, the five that are in Vermont, and uh, I think there's like 14 in Maine, and then two in the Catskills as well, which I've never been to the Catskills. So I'm looking forward to kind of going and exploring down there. But yeah, I don't know. A lot of them, the AT hits a lot of them especially mm-hmm. the main ones, but there are a couple that are like a mile or some even less than a mile off the trail, uh-huh. like a mile or a half mile to a mile. And by when I was going through Maine on my through hike, I hit, I hit the ones that were actually on the trail and a couple right. of them that were like 0.1 or 0.2 off. I, I like sucked it up and did them, but like the ones that were like slightly more than that, I just, I mean, I was so close to the end at that point, I was kind of ready to be done. So I couldn't bring myself to hike like an extra fucking mile. So I have to drive like all the way back up to uh like Northern or central oh, Maine yeah. to do some of these peaks, which I, I say that like, it's a bad thing. It's obviously not a bad thing. You can make a trip out of it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of, I kind of went off topic there, but yeah, Northeast no. 115. It's, it's cool stuff. The cat skills are cool too. You should, yeah, I think that's within your range. You should definitely check that out. Yeah, it's like a it's like a four and a half ish hour drive, and and um, there's only like I said, there's two. See, I I know you I know you've been down there before. Have you done Hunter and Slide? So I've done Slide and Table okay. twice, and I mean maybe I haven't researched enough, but I was actually just about to tell you I was like probably two trips to the Catskills. You probably knock out everything you want to do. Yeah. Um, I. I I usually like loop hikes, which are not too conducive to the uh, Catskills. Okay. But then again, I think that's just because there isn't a whole lot of trails down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong. There's probably Catskills people that are screaming at the uh, <laughs> at their phones right now. But um, it's a really cool area, but you can pretty much knock out what you want to do in one or two trips. But the slide and table area is very cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it looks like. Um honestly i was gonna try to do both peaks they're not like like they're not far from each other but they're not no. like you know a, you can't hike them in the same like i mean maybe some crazy person probably I think could, I base but, camped it and just did it that way yeah that's that's kind of how i'm planning on doing it just like knock them out in a weekend and i think i'm gonna bring one of my buddies who doesn't hike too much and uh kind of get him outside a little bit too because they don't seem like too too bad but i don't know i'm looking forward to it no offense to the cat skills but i mean the compared to the whites like it's Super chill. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit, just a little bit about gear. So my listeners know that I really don't talk about gear that much on this show because I'm kind of burnt out on the gear talk, and I honestly don't think it's that that important as well. However, one, like another just fan Kyle question here, a thing that I noticed about your channel kind of over the years is mm-hmm. that there was a time where you got pretty into the ultralight gear thing and you know you, yeah. you made a lot of videos on that you were kind of pushing yourself to to get the the weight down the base weight down and then it kind of seems like i i don't i don't want to put a time frame on it because i'm not exactly sure but say over the last like i don't know like year or two um mm-hmm. more recently i'll say that um it, it seems like you've kind of transitioned a little bit away from that you know obviously you're not carrying like five camp chairs with you and and like cast iron skillets and all this stuff but you know it seems like you've taken a step back from that so can you just talk about that a little bit because i feel like most people are just always trying to push it lighter like uh, even myself i'm always trying to push it lighter so i I just thought that was kind of interesting 
Yeah, no, for sure. So I first started the channel, like I said, like 2011, 2012. And I think pretty much, I guess, relatively, immediately, I was like, all right, I need to get lighter. Because I think my first solo trip was 39 pounds in the spring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I mean, <laughs> wow. even by non-ultralight standards, that's a lot of shit. Yeah. So, um you know, I started going online and I found this ultralight thing, which is, Hey, get below 10 pounds or whatever. Um, and I'm pretty goal oriented and I love numbers and video games. So I got really obsessed with it. Um, and the videos reflect that. So I got really into that and I got my weight down pretty far, um, into the sub 10 pound range or at least around 10 pounds. Um, but yeah, within the last, definitely the last two years, if not three years, um, I've just found myself, uh, adding a little bit more into the mix or not worrying as much about it. Um, and I think that's because it started, I think this happens to a lot of people. It starts as, oh, I want to be more comfortable on the trail. Yep. And then you get into it and you get obsessed with the numbers and you're going on these forums and everybody's posting their gear list and it becomes like a competition or whatever. Um, but at a certain point, it was like, well, if I want to, if for this trip, I want to bring a stool because it's going to be fun at camp, <laughs> I should just bring the fucking school. You yeah. know, like, so, but and it's even weirder for me, though, because because I'm filming and I want to accurately portray, like I'll say in the video, here's my gear list. Yeah. So I found myself getting pushed even further into it because it's like, well, I have to be under 10 pounds for real. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, <laughs> I, I got a little obsessed with it, but lately it's been like, Hey, you know what? If I want to bring some other stuff, fine. But I think it's a good process to go through Yeah, because if you can get yourself down to like nine pounds base and you can pull off a couple trips doing it, a, you know, video game style, that's pretty fun. But on top of that, that just means that now you know you can do it, and the next trip when your friend is like, "Hey, let's bring a stool and a six pack of beer," no big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just add it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Is that I'm capable of going very light, um, but I'm also capable of throwing some extra stuff in the pack and actually having fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you ever see a scenario where you might kind of go back and and try to, you know? bring the weight down a little bit more or maybe just pack quote ultralight for a specific trip or anything like that. You know, the weird thing is, so like the trip I just did, I think I'm going to post the video tonight, but, um, so the, the video before that, which was like a month ago, I took out the Amok Jamar, which is a, um, hammock from Norway. It's like the RV of hammocks. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like three pounds, but it's amazing. I did, I did watch a little bit of that one. <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like super comfortable for sure. Oh, it's it's amazing if you're in the right terrain. But um, so the next trip, I was like, all right, I'll switch it up. I, uh, I didn't even put a lot of effort into it, but I was like, I'll just, I'll go more weight conscious. And um, I was doing a video today, so I had the gear list that goes along with it and all that stuff. And I was only at eight and a half pounds. I didn't even really try. <laughs> so it just goes back to the it's it. I think it's kind of a good learning curve for everybody to go through to be obsessed with the ultralight, and yeah. then later on, 
you add some stuff. And then when you do go, you know what, this trip, I want to be more comfortable. You'd be surprised how easily you don't even, it's like effortless to go back to it. Yeah. And I think the main thing is people are like, oh, it's super expensive. It's Cuban fiber or Dyneema fiber gear and all this stuff and whatever. Uh, no, the main thing is just getting used to not bringing shit. Yeah. Oh, that's for really sure. Where the weight savings are. For sure. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And that's like, that's a, a lesson I learned like pretty early on when I was going through my like hardcore gear nerd phase. Um, right. It's like, yeah, you know. Some of the gear, well, a lot of the ultralight gear is expensive, but you're also just bringing less stuff. So that is less things that you have to spend money on and, yeah. and shove in your pack. So it, it, it does kind of go both oh, ways like that. Yeah, because I, I did a video where it was like a budget backpacking. It was not about weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the whole video was, and I didn't even have, I didn't have a price target, but I added up everything in the video. It was like 240 bucks. So yeah. the t- title of the video is, go backpacking for under 250 bucks. Yeah. But because I was being cheap for the video to save people money, to convince them to just get out there and do it. This is all budget gear. This is Walmart stuff, Amazon stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The base weight was 13 pounds. See, okay. That's see, that's not, that's not so even it's that bad. Not yeah. expensive gear. It's just not bringing extra. That's shit. incredible. I, I, that yeah. was, that was a couple of years ago that you did that one, right? Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because I, I I definitely watched that one, but I, I I didn't remember the base weight being that like that like that's a that's pretty incredible. Yeah. For sure. For sure. You know, I just that's just the whole like your kind of transition away from the ultralight thing a little bit is just something that's stuck out to me as I've been watching the more recent videos. Just because, uh, again, honestly, this might go back to the style of hiking as well. Because, like I said. You know, if I'm if I'm going out to do like a 2,000 mile hike or an, an attempt, I'm obviously gonna probably not be bringing like the the extra luxury items. You know, in that circumstance, the ultralight thing makes a little bit more sense. And you know, that's like most like most of the hiking that I've done has been like that kind of that kind of thing. So I don't know. Um, I could also see myself doing some more relaxed trips and maybe I don't I don't know if I'd bring like a a, a camp chair or anything like that just because I don't know. That's that's like a, <laughs> I feel like my friends would just give me so much shit for that, but oh, I, don't I, know. <laughs> I would definitely bring some beer maybe or some whiskey at least shit. Yeah, hey, there you go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. We're, we're flying through this stuff. We're, we're doing pretty good on time here, Sean. Um, I guess while we're kind of talking about gear. So <laughs> this is, this is like one of the first questions that popped into my head when I was kind of planning yesterday. So obviously you got a pretty popular YouTube channel. And, you know, gear companies love to reach out to content creators that have a following to, you know, get their products out there. And and for good reason, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. So you've talked a lot about how companies will send you stuff and and for the review and all that stuff. Um, So (laughs) I don't know, maybe you don't have a good answer for this. Maybe you don't want to trash anybody, which I would understand. But one of the questions that popped into my head was just like, what's the most ridiculous gear item that a company has either sent you or tried to send you? Oh man, you, you'd actually be surprised. I mean, I get stuff on the regular. I, I have an email set up for quote unquote business contact, but I get, so, all right. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, um, I, I don't really accept much, probably 2% okay. <laughs> of the, of, of the offers I get. Um, but mm, 
And I know you. I know you. You're treading lightly on this kind of. No, no. It's just kind of funny because you'd be surprised that as a backpacking channel, it's almost like there's marketers out there. They don't even care what you're making videos about. They see you have traction and you have views, and they just send you all kinds. Send you. (laughs) Yeah. So like most of my stuff is really weird shit. Like, um, would you like to review this waterproof keyboard (laughs) for a PC? Like. no. Well, I mean, like personally, I guess I it sounds interesting. I would never use it, but uh, can you imagine me posting that on the channel? Like, no one would give a shit. Yeah. So, so yeah, I get some weird stuff, but most of it is really weird electronics and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, a lot of it that I don't show on the channel or respond to is a lot of knockoff stuff. Um, like just obviously low quality looking like uh, packs or sleeping beds and stuff like that. Um, But everything on the channel that I've actually shown is because either it showed up and I actually liked it or I responded and said, it looks interesting. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I've had some weird stuff. I can imagine for sure. So the last like kind of uh, like question, I guess um, I really should have I really should have asked this one earlier because it's about the whites and we talked about the whites a shit ton, but you know I kind of forgot, so whatever. Um, this is another Instagram question again. Don't remember who sent it to me. I'm sorry, whoever you are, but thank you for it. What is say the hardest mountain or trail that you've done in the whites? Oh, in the whites. And I know it's hard to narrow that down because there's a shit ton of really hard <laughs> stuff in the whites for sure. And I'm I'm jaded. I would say the whites in general are some of the hardest uh, hardest hiking in the country. Um, hmm. But I would say I'm gonna pick for a shorter area. I'm gonna pick Sphinx Trail, um, which is an approach to Washington. It's kind of might be in between Jefferson and Washington. Speaks okay. I, I don't uh, think I don't think I've done that. One. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm on Google Maps, which probably isn't going to be very helpful for <laughs> for trails, but they have some yeah, stuff. That's a cool one. I can tell you more details on that. And then, as far as a general area, like more popular trail, I'd say the Wildcats, maybe. Yes, yes, I would agree with Just that. Because 100%. they fucking grind you down. Oh my god! Yeah, like that was. I I literally quit a hike one time after going down the, the wildcats yeah I, I was just out for like a couple of days with a, a friend this was this was like four or five years ago and um <laughs> we were just trying to bag as many four thousand footers as we could and i went down so I, I guess it would be the at or wildcat trail there uh south so i went mm-hmm. down like from the ski resort um and holy shit that kicked my ass. That was ridiculous. And then I came to find out on my uh, AT through hike last year that I believe that section. So if you, so, yeah, the the same spot I was just talking about there. Um, sh- shortly after you get past the notch, I believe that's the steepest part of the entire Appalachian Trail, like that incline there. And I would totally believe it. That trail is tough as fuck for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So you went uh, you went down it. So you were going like away from Imp. Yeah. 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 Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I only did. Yeah, I think I only did it once, but it was at night. I did the whole thing. At oh night. no! Really? Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Was worse. my um my present cat loop. Uh, so I made this loop up that was like, what is it? Route sixteen, I think that yeah. divides there, right? Yeah, by uh, Pinkham Notch. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I had the presidentials on one side and Wildcats Carters on the other side. So it was like 15,000 feet of elevation gain in like two and a half days <laughs> to anybody on the West Coast. This is literally like, exactly what I was trying to do on this hike that I built. That's really? So yeah. Pretty oh, much. It was uh, very demoralizing because you go up that steep face to get up. Yep. And mind you, I had been hiking all day. So it was like 4 p.m. Uh, in August that I got to whatever that visitor center is right there. Yeah, yeah, the notch. Yeah, so all of a sudden there's people around, and I get to buy a candy bar, uh, candy bar and a soda, and there's civilization. And then I'm like, all right, shake that <laughs> off. You got to keep hiking. And, uh, yeah, so then night falls, and I'm going up that thing. And, well, as you know, it's, uh, what is it, Wildcat, A, B, C, D, whatever, the whole alphabet. It's just yeah. up, down, up, down. Oh, it's up, ridiculous, down. yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty brutal, um, morality-wise or moral-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but that Sphinx Trail is, um, I've done that twice, and it's just because nobody uses it, and it's pretty steep, and there's a lot of water runoff. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out see, where that trail is. It's I think it's SPH. Yeah. What um what trailhead does it leave from? Ah, uh, you know what? I've never gone from the trailhead. So that the one oh, time, okay. the first time I used it was I was going across. I came off Jefferson. I was going for Washington, and the weather was just like, it was like someone hit a light switch. It went terrible. Was this summer so, or winter? Uh, it was August, I uh, think. Oh, okay, okay. So I was like, I need to get out of here. So I just took that thing <laughs> and it descends quick. Like uh, probably I'm just guessing 1500 feet in a mile or something. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, but it gets you out of there. It gets you off tree line. And then I just camped there, hunkered down next morning. I went back up and continued to hike. And then a couple years later, I purposely went there with a friend the same way. But, um, yeah, that's a cool one. It's in the Gulf wilderness. Oh, okay, okay. I should have I should have brought my map. Um, it's, well, I, I have it, but I should have had it out. Have you done Have you done the uh, Castle or King's Ravine Trail? I think it's called. It's another uh, kind of off the side of Mount Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, so, well, no, but yes, I know what you're talking about. I've been up at the mouth of it many times. Yeah, that uh, trail. I did that like the, the first. Wind. <laughs> it's i honestly i i can't even remember the exact name of it it was either king's ravine or castle ravine i feel like those are there, two different trails but it was one king ravine is uh, arguably the most aggressive uphill in that, the white that would make sense because like this was my first time ever hiking in the whites mind you and i and i went down it too with a with a pack, you went down it all right well, i'll pack, tell you that which was stupid you might know this but they say never go down it <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I learned that the hard way for sure. Thankfully, I was like 18. And I was just so excited to be in the whites that yeah. I didn't even so care. So it was a lot about. of like butt scooting or what? Oh, my God. You you like can't even butt scoot because you would I just like imagine. roll. Like, <laughs> oh I haven't brought myself to go up it yet. So Oh, man, I got I to gotta find out what the actual trail is now. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out later. That's that's going to bug me. <laughs> but, yeah, that one's supposed to be pretty, pretty brutal. It's like kind of uh, it runs into the airline trail and Madison Hut and all that stuff. Yeah, or yeah, fuck. I I can't even remember now. I know it it, it kind of looped back down towards um the what's it called Appalachia Trailhead yep. there. Mm-hmm. It might have been it might have been Castle Ravine. I don't know. And we don't we don't need to. And nearby and yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
Anyways, so um, I think we're going to start to wrap this up a little bit, Sean. All right. So I I should have told you something that I did not tell you before this. So Trail Tales, like a, a staple of Trail Tales, is at the end. I always ask my guests to share a story from any of their hikes, like whatever their like go-to story. Say you're sitting around a campfire and someone asks you, or you're at a bar or something like that, and you know whatever that like go-to story would be, right? And I, I usually warn my guests before so that they can like you know decide or whatever and have one ready. Um, and I completely forgot with you, and I just realized this, uh, so my bad. But if you need to take a second to think about it, that's fine too. Um, but yeah, uh, when you're ready, you know, just any any crazy story, uh, whatever your go-to would be. As far as like a crazy hiking uh, story? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to avoid going to my standard go-tos. Yeah, if there's one that you maybe haven't, like film yeah. too. I know I know you film like pretty much everything, so maybe that won't work, but I don't know, yeah. Yeah, whatever whatever you think. No, for sure. Um yeah, because I've definitely shown on the channel over the years and I think maybe I've only done like two other podcasts, but I've talked about some of the obvious stuff, which would be like uh Mike forgetting his shoes and yep. the gorge, <laughs> um the water bottle incident on the sub zero hike gone wrong. Um I won't go there. <laughs> I'm actually going to rewind real far. Okay. To the the first solo hike I did. So um, earlier I, I, I mentioned uh, in 2011 we did that group hike. Yeah. Uh, that I uh, reluctantly went on, but I caught the bug from that, and that was in August. So by like March, April, I was like, I want to do this again. Uh, so I decided I'm going to do a backpacking trip. And like we also talked about before, I reached out to people. People couldn't get off work. Yeah. Okay, fine. So I'm like, all right, my second backpacking trip is going to be solo hike. That's fine. <laughs> and at the time... Um, I was like, I'll just drive like two and a half hours, three hours max into uh, Pennsylvania Appalachian Trail area. Okay. Um, so I had that planned out. Nobody else could go. It was locked in. For whatever reason, I'm researching at night, and I'm like, as kind of mentioned before, personality took over. I was like, screw it. Uh, I, <laughs> let's do go big or go home. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to New Hampshire. Nice. So I'll leave from work standard formula drive up there get there at midnight sleep in the car whatever um so this was april um i want to say at least mid-april potentially earlier in okay. april for the white mountains <laughs> for, <laughs> for people familiar and especially you you probably know that that's still kind of potentially winter oh yeah for sure for sure i mean over the years i've learned it, it can go either way um but at the time, I was like, yeah, it's April. It's fine. So <laughs> I plan this trip. I pack my bags. I go up in a hatchback. I sleep in the back of the hatchback on my sleeping pad curled up because it doesn't have enough room to stretch out six feet. <laughs> um, but to rewind a little bit, actually. So I wasn't completely stupid, but I was pretty stupid. It was like three days before that I actually discovered NewEnglandTrailConditions.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, great resource. 
And I go on there, and they're talking about ice on the trails. And I'm like, ice on the trail? In April? What? Yeah, I'm like, this can't be true. Because <laughs> uh, so, I'm from Delaware. So I'm like, okay, I Amazon Prime or go to EMS or whatever. I get a pair of micro spikes for traction. Um, no snowshoes, which I fast forward a year. I did the exact same time frame, and I needed snowshoes the whole time. I totally lucked out. Yeah. I, I still shouldn't have been up there at this time. So I go up there. I sleep. I wake up in the morning. I go up. I know I have this traction with me, the micro spikes. But I get to the first section of trail um, from the Appalachian Trailhead that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the airline trail I took. Straight up. And just wall of ice. <laughs> and I'm like, granted, I've never, I, I, I did that one hike, that one hike four months before. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm by myself with a camera feeling like <laughs> a complete idiot. <laughs> and I even had the micro spikes, but I like, I, I never used them before. So I still avoided it. I was, if you can picture an ice flow on the trail, I was like kind of trudging through the trees on the side. Oh man, just to get uh, around the damn. Just getting chewed up. I was going <laughs> like a hundred yards in like a half hour. It was terrible. I finally put the micro spikes on and I start going. Um, shouldn't have been there at all. I get up the top. It's all good. Then I do my connector trail, which if I remember correctly, was Upper Bruin Trail. Okay. Uh, should have totally had snowshoes. <laughs> did not um so i post hold all the way through this i mean i'm in summer gear <laughs> and i'm going through snow up to my knees and Damn. i'm just i'm wondering why i'm doing this um so eventually i i got down that and then the snow went away and i went to valleyway campsite and uh pretended that everything was okay <laughs> pretended but, you knew what you were doing uh and i did not <laughs> You got to learn somehow, though. Shit. We all go through stuff like that when we're first starting out. So at least, at least you know, you didn't you didn't get hurt or lost or anything like that. So, yeah, it worked out in the end. For sure. For sure. All right. Um, yeah, I think I think that's going to do it, Sean. Don't hang up quite yet. But see, I usually I usually ask people like where, uh, you know, people can go follow them on Instagram and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, I feel like. A lot of people listening to this probably already know where to find you, but just in case, you know, where can they go to check out your videos and, you know, why don't you plug your website and your social media, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. It's all just uh syntax 77. It's S I N T A X 77, uh, dot com for the website. I got a blog there. Um, same thing on YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. Hell yeah. All right. Shit. Sean, just thank you again one more time. I really, really appreciate it. This was awesome. I always love nerding out about the whites a little bit. That's one thing I don't get to do quite as much. Um, and, of course, we get the Adirondack talk in there. My listeners know I love talking about the Adirondacks. So that was awesome. To everybody listening, thank you so, so much. Sean, I always like to list the places that people have told me they listen to the podcast or or I listen to any podcast at the end of the episode. So I'm going to I'm gonna list them. And then if there's any that you can think of that I, I didn't get to, I want you to shout them out. So everybody listening, enjoy the rest of your drive or your work or your hike or your shower. I got that one, believe it or not, um, or your lawn mowing or 
not snow shoveling. Um, shit. I know there's more. I can't really think of them. Your run, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Can you think of any any other ones, Sean? I know those are the, the popular ones. You know, I listened to yours by uh, lawn mowing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I you, yeah, I think you covered it. Driving, okay. lawn mowing, we're good. Okay, and, and hiking. Did I say hike? Oh, hiking. I, I oh. always, I always oh. forget that. That's, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your hike. Okay. Yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and have a good one.